In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our Rock and our Redeemer. Amen. Please be seated. Many people want to be in shape physically, but don't want anything to do with exercise. Many people want to be intelligent, but don't want to read or study. Many want a good job, but don't want to start at the bottom and work their way up. Many people want to be rich, but don't want to work. Many people want their children to stay in the Christian faith, but want nothing to do about feeding that faith daily. We want to be blessed, but don't want to be blessed. Especially with the blessings that we hear about in our gospel lesson for today. Blessed are the poor in spirit, and the mourning, and the meek, and the hungering, and the thirsting for righteousness. Blessed are the merciful, the peaceful, the pure in heart, the persecuted, the reviled. Can't I just be blessed with all of that, uh, without all of that, Jesus? Well, without a doubt, we are all very blessed. Think about it. When our biggest complaint in life is not having the latest and greatest electronics, when our biggest concern is not whether we're going to eat, but where we're going to eat, when the only bombs we have to worry about are the ones that begin with the letter F that are spoken constantly on TV and movies these days, with closets full of clothes, garages full of cars, and bank accounts full of cash, yes, we are blessed. Perhaps the most blessed nation in the world that has ever existed. Or are we? Maybe we have become slaves to our devices, spoiled by our stuff, and we think all of this is not as blessing and gift, but what we deserve, what we are entitled to, Maybe we're rich in the things of the world, but really poor in the things of God. Maybe it's time for us to reconsider what true blessing really is. So let's unpack the blessings that Jesus spoke about this morning. Blessed are the poor in spirit. To know that we are spiritually impoverished by sin and that this sin will bring us to death. It's easy to acknowledge that here on a Sunday morning before God and receive forgiveness. But what about before other people? Are we so quick to repent? And if not, are we robbing ourselves of the blessings of forgiveness that come from others to us. Blessed are those who mourn. 
Have you ever noticed that one of the times we get to see people that we haven't seen for a long, long time is at funerals? We don't have enough time for each other in our lives, but our common enemy named death brings us back together. But why only then? Maybe it's because at that moment of death, we can no longer hide it like we do when others ask us, well, how are you doing today? And we fire off, oh, I'm good, I'm fine. And perhaps we really aren't at all. When we are mourning something inside, but we're afraid or too proud to let others see it, are we robbing ourselves of the blessings of people praying for us and being in communion and fellowship with them to have them care for us and comfort us? Perhaps that's what God wants to give to us. Blessed are the meek. Well, you might think that meek people are timid, but they're not. It's just that they are bold for others, not for themselves, always thinking of others, always giving, and according to Jesus, getting the richer for it, gaining by giving. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Many of us hunger and thirst to be right in this world. I'm right, you're wrong. But righteous? Not so much. But who really is the one that is satisfied, the one who always wants to be right, or the one who receives from God and then shares that blessing with others? Blessed are the merciful. Maybe, just maybe, God sends us people in our lives to be merciful so that he can bless us. But how often do we rob ourselves when we pass up these opportunities when someone less fortunate than us comes to us and asks for help? When we pass by on the other side and we don't want to be bothered. I'm too busy. Maybe God is sending us this peop these people to help us to be merciful. Blessed are the pure in heart. Many Sundays after the sermon, we sing these beautiful words. Create in me a clean heart, O God, a pure heart. And renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not from thy presence and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. And so a pure heart is a heart filled with the Spirit of God that sees God in the person of Jesus, who serves God by seeing Him in the person of our neighbor. But if our hearts are clinging to other things, the things of this world, are we robbing ourselves of this blessing too? Blessed are the peacemakers. This is kind of the flip side of the poor in spirit, being rich in forgiveness. I think we usually think of this in terms of making peace between two other people who are having a dispute. Perhaps it is even more is when we are involved in the dispute. When there is not peace between myself and another co-worker, or you and a classmate, 
or you and a fellow church member, or you and your neighbor, and you or a family member, to make peace with them. Instead of canceling somebody else, trying to remove them out of your life, instead being quick to forgive, to give the richness of that forgiveness and that peace which surpasses all understanding. And when we don't do this, who is poor? Are we robbing ourselves of this blessing when we cancel instead of forgive? This is a tough pill to swallow. Blessed are the persecuted and the reviled. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be persecuted. I don't want to be reviled. Instead, I'll keep my mouth shut. I'll go along with what's being taught out in the world. Instead of speaking God's word in truth and love without sacrificing either. But when we do that, are we gaining or losing? When we don't speak up for things like the sanctity of human life and the beauty and goodness of sexuality as God has created us to be and the marriage that he wants for us. With these words, Jesus would open our eyes to see things differently and to see him differently how he will work in us and how he will work for us. This isn't business as usual. Jesus has come to drain the sinful swamp of our hearts and lives with the blessings he will give to us, the blessing of himself, of his forgiveness, of his spirit and his love, and the new life that he would raise us to. And so instead of being drowned in the swamp of this world of hatred and ugliness and sin to be drowned in the waters of holy baptism, to be raised to a new life instead of dining with the devil, dining with the body and blood of Jesus, instead of being wise in the ways of this world to be filled with the wisdom of the word of God and in these things find blessings. But the blessing doesn't end here. It continues as we walk out these doors this morning, as the Lord of all creation works through his creation, blessing others through you, blessed to be a blessing. St. Paul put it this way in our epistle lesson, consider your calling, brothers and sisters too, the place in life where God has put you as a spouse or a parent a child, a boss, a worker, a classmate, a teacher, a friend, a neighbor. Consider your calling. Not many of you were wise according to the worldly standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were of noble birth. God doesn't always choose the people we would choose or the places that we would choose. God chose what is foolish in this world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in this world to shame the strong. God chose what is lowly and despised in this world, even the things that are not, to bring nothing things that are, so that no human might boast in the presence of God. Got to tell you, the last two days I had an opportunity to play with a one-year-old and three-year-old. If that doesn't bring you joy, I don't know what would. 
God can use a small little baby to turn this world upside down. And that's exactly what he did. He sent his son, Jesus Christ, as an embryo. Think about that. Maybe it's time that we start protecting and upholding all of those babies in the womb and all of life from the womb to the tomb. You see, Jesus is our source of life. God made our wisdom and our righteousness and our sanctification and redemption. I think we take that for granted as obvious, but in the first century it wasn't at all. Jesus was an unborn child. Some called him an illegitimate child. Jesus was the friend of tax collectors and lepers and prostitutes. Jesus, the crucified, is God in the flesh, come to give us life by taking our death, to redeem us with his only payment that he could do, his own blood. This is a new way of thinking. Therefore, Paul says, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. Boast in the one who did it for all of us. So here's the question, how do we do that? Well, how about this? How could we better boast? How could we better show and tell great our Lord Jesus is than first of all by being quick to repent, being weak in mourning and sorrow, being bold in giving, being in need of righteousness, being merciful, seeing with the eyes of faith, being quick to forgive and rejoicing with those who are persecuted and reviled for Jesus' sake. How could we better boast than in those ways? This is a pretty ambiguous agenda Jesus lays out. But Jesus has done it all for you. You are baptized into him. He speaks his absolution into your ears. He puts his body and blood in your mouths that you be what you eat. And so you are blessed to be a blessing. And you can be sure of this too. He's not going to stop. There's always more blessing coming your way. So maybe this week, as you leave these doors, think on these higher things. In the holy name of Jesus, amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds through faith to Christ Jesus, to life everlasting. Amen.